into messy closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. So it is November of 2022. It is November 1st. It is Dia de los Muertos, or the Day of the Dead. And this is the day that, especially in Mexico, we see everyone dressed in sugar skull makeup and flowers in their hair. And it's very colorful and beautiful. And it is a day to bring the dead back to life, which as a psychic medium, I can tell you, is one of my favorite days ever. Because I have said before on Halloween that the veil is at its thinnest, but it also is for the next couple of days. So November 1st and November 2nd are also very powerful days for connecting with the spirit world, connecting with the other world, connecting with your ancestors. And this is where we merge the past with the present. And then think about moving on to the future. Now, I also want to get into the fact that I just I'm getting into the fact that I don't think that time in is at all is linear as we think. It's just linear on Earth because that's part of our spiritual journey. And when I came up with the name Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X, it's because I started to put together all of my experiences in life. Like as a child, I firmly believed that nothing was impossible. And maybe before I was about five or six years old, because I still hadn't really realized that in kindergarten, I thought everyone was Italian. Seriously, like I thought everyone went home and made like meatballs and sauce on Sundays after church with their grandma. And I didn't realize that there was a great big world out there of different nationalities and different DNAs and different cultures. And when I started to discover that, I was like, oh, I want to know everything in the world. I want to learn every language in the world. I want to know how everyone lived in the past. I want to know how everyone lives now. And I want to know how everyone is going to live in the future. And for me, as a child, I was very, very highly intuitive, probably even more so than I am now, because the world hasn't, had not gotten to me yet. It had not taken that innocence from me so I could see and hear and feel things around me that other people couldn't. And then when the world showed me that I was supposed to be this perfect Catholic girl who was pro-life and didn't see ghosts and didn't believe in all of the hocus pocus, but was supposed to believe in the dogma of the Catholic Church, I did not do well in that part of my spiritual journey. You guys, 
I used to have to take a Sunday school class. We called it CCD, or I just referred to it as religion, going to religion. So this was like my sixth day of the week, getting up early to go to school. Now, my seventh day of the week, getting up early, was to at least take my dance classes on Saturday mornings, which I loved. You could not stop me from that unless I was sick. But the Sunday school things, the religious instruction classes, oh, God. Okay, first of all, I had to go to a mass beforehand. Now, they would put us in the mass with adults. And we would have to do all of the things, genuflect and stand and sit and kneel. And I remember being in the pew kneeling and it hurt my knees. I was like a really skinny, bony kid. So I leaned back to just put my seat on the pew and a nun, my father was there. He was in the church with me, but you weren't allowed to say things back then because everyone's like I don't know everyone like like respected everyone else's authority there was no like fighting like there was today about authority it was like well okay if this is your teacher whether it was a nun or a lay person or whatever and they said and did this and you were in trouble like you were in trouble so this nun grabbed me by my arm and she pulled me out into the hallway and started screaming at me for sitting back in the pew to where at this point my father was like, wait, what just happened to my kid? And he found me in the hallway like <laughs> like sobbing and I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. And I think like he let me come home and not have to deal with it for the day. So, I, you know, I went back, but I think that they always kind of hated me for, you know, quote, making a scene when I was being yelled at for just being like a six-year-old who was just uncomfortable in church. And it was boring, at least to me. If you guys like it, awesome. But to me, I was like counting the minutes. I would like sing songs in my head. I used to wear jewelry so I could like play with it during the mass. It was never my favorite thing to do when I was in second or third grade, I think it was third grade, my school had this thing called the humanities program. So we learned something different every year. When I was in second grade, it was like cavemen and prehistoric stuff and dinosaurs and Neolithic, Paleolithic, Jurassic, you name it, we learned it. Anything at the Museum of Natural History, I knew. I still remember a lot. And in third grade, we studied the Phoenicians, and the Rosetta Stone and cuneiform and the Epic of Gilgamesh and ancient Egypt and the Epic of Gilgamesh very much matched the story of Noah's Ark in the Bible. And when I compared that in my CCD class, I got thrown out in second or third grade. I think it might have been third grade. Got thrown out in fourth grade because someone made a face at me and I laughed. Got thrown out got thrown out in fifth grade because I rolled my eyes, got thrown out in sixth grade because I did something else. But at that point, I think I was like crying. And my teacher, like, I think we had a substitute. Someone wanted to come in to talk to, oh, they wanted to come in to talk to us about being like pro-life. 
and choosing to have a baby under any circumstances, no matter what. And I rolled my eyes, I got thrown out. It wasn't until like my last year before my confirmation, because I got thrown out of the room in seventh grade two, this woman just walked in and looked at me and I just had my Ali Sheedy face on for the day. And she was like, you can leave. And I was like, all right, cool. So it wasn't until eighth grade that I actually got to stay all the way through all of the classes. And then I went to Catholic school in high school for four years wearing a uniform. And again, taking in information that did not align with what I believed my purpose was to be in this world. So when we talk about our ancestors, mine at least the ones that I knew in modern day were all Catholic and Italian and traditional. And here I am running off to New York City trying to do everything exactly the opposite. For some reason, when I took in the same information that my family took in, it had the opposite effect on me. It didn't inspire fear in me to choose life over anything. It made me want to choose my own path, especially being in Catholic high school. I wanted more of a choice. I didn't get that choice immediately. I went on to a Catholic college and that was where my terrible experience happened with the teacher that you could hear about in the episode that time I tried college. But my Catholic high school experience was not that wonderful. Part of me really hated it, putting on a uniform every day, a black or gray pleated skirt and a bright red V-neck sweater with a white collared shirt underneath and riding the public bus to and from New Rochelle, New York, from Mount Vernon, New York. Not all the time, sometimes I got rides, but that bus ride was tough and I used to get off at different exits like different stops, I mean, to take different ways home so like no one would follow me. And I will say that, you know, if we're talking about like the ancestors and stuff, like that's that's something, you know, my family taught me. That's something that they instilled in me. And growing up in Mount Vernon, New York, that made you street smart. And then getting on the train, the Metro North to the city, New York City, and taking the subway all over the place and then having to find my way back, that gave me some street smarts too. But I think about all of the people that came before me. And sometimes I wonder where the hell I came from. Why am I so eccentric? Why am I so weirdly different from everyone that if my family believes it, I have to do my best not to? (laughs) But that's why I called this podcast Messy Closet as Gen Xers. I grew up with, number one, the silent generation, which was my great-grandmother. She was born in 1908, who gave birth to the greatest generation born in the 1920s, who gave birth to the baby boomers born in the 1940s and 50s, 
who gave birth to the Gen Xers born in the 1960s and 70s. And then you millennials and Zs that I just, I try to understand you, but I can't. And I think the generation gap comes from the fact that we are losing a lot of our tradition in order to progress. And we need to find more of a balance in order to be whole and full human beings. And that's what I have found in my spiritual journey. So when we speak about the day of the dead and the day to honor everything from the past, we are honoring progression because look how far we have come. Look at the things that we have done. Just look at Gen X. We were born to black and white televisions with no remote control, seven channels, and a clicker, a dial. When we did have a remote control, it was attached to the TV with a wire. Same thing with the VCR. The remote control had a wire for a really long time. We had eight tracks that we had to make into record a record collection. Then we had to take that record collection and get cassette tapes that we had to fix with a pencil when the cassette tape would unwind and get caught and it go and it would make this terrible noise or it would snap or it would still have the little plastic on it and it didn't record. And then we had to trade all of that in for CDs and this was after it would take us like three weeks to make the perfect mixtape. And then these CDs came along and people won't get rid of their CDs now. And you guys in my basement, I still have a huge box of CDs that I refuse to get rid of because they're going to make a comeback someday. But we had to get CDs and then we had recordable CDs. So instead of making mixed tapes, we could take songs from all our other CDs and burn them. And then there was like Napster and all that when the internet started to get big. But we didn't have the internet. We never thought about email. We never thought this shit was going to be real. We were going to send letters forever, handwritten letters with a pen pal. And now we can send e-cards and texts immediately to say whatever, happy birthday, happy anniversary, here's some money. It's crazy. We didn't even have ATM cards, you guys. No cell phones. Even before beepers, we had a quarter or a dime for a payphone. You had to go find that damn payphone. <laughs> craziness. Absolute craziness. You guys, that's my... But the best part was we could not be found if we didn't want to be. So if you were like, quote, sleeping over a friend's house that night, you may have been, but you were sleeping over the friend's house whose parents were totally cool with you going out and maybe coming home a little bit later and who would tell your mom, at least my mom, everything's fine, don't worry. And honestly, everything always was. I've never been like, you know, one to take a ton. Oh, no, I can't say that. I'm sorry. That's a big lie. I've always taken a ton of crazy risks. I have walked through New York City barefoot in the middle of the night and slept in Grand Central Station for four and a half hours, five hours when I've missed the last train home. So yeah, I've definitely done a lot of outrageous things. But it makes me think, if I've done all these outrageous things, 
did my ancestors do these outrageous things to some of them? Am I honoring some strand of DNA from long ago of the one other like crazy rebel in my family who dared to get tattoos and not practice Catholicism and call herself a crazy witch and just kind of throw more caution to the wind and be more practical magic and less practical living. And I know that that probably isn't the smartest, but the thing is, it's what makes me happy. And I think the messy closet, I think part of cleaning it up is taking all of the things that make you unhappy, the things that don't fit, because you do come from your ancestors, but you are your own person. And when you take and keep the pieces of your past that mean the most to you and that have shaped you into the person you are and and the best version of yourself, the most likable version of yourself to you, you are honoring them. And when you take all the crap away, when you take away all the generational trauma and you embrace the parts of you that are truly you, you're honoring your ancestors. You're doing better because that's what they want. They want you to do better than they did. They want you to carry on their legacy, but even better. So that's me philosophizing about Dia de los Muertos and the spiritual journey of Generation X and why I believe that the messy closet is messy for a reason because we're here to clean it up on that spiritual journey. So with that, everyone, don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.